everybody, and welcome. I'm Brian, Marketing Manager here at Kickbox. I am joined by my colleague, Lauren Meyer, uh, our local deliverability expert, and um, our VP of Industry Relations. Today, we're going to be discussing what is email deliverability and why we should care. We've been making a lot of cool content in our email deliverability unfiltered series, and we realize in doing that, we haven't really taken a step back to really to help our our audience understand the fundamentals of email deliverability and really, you know, um, uh, all the tools that they need to improve it. So um, we're going to go ahead and start off by defining deliverability, right? It's one of those things that, you know, uh, I think the best way to define it is to, uh, is to understand the terms, right? And to not get those confused. I know as marketers, uh, you probably heard this all the time, Lauren, we get, terms confused or, you know, we, we use delivery and deliverability uh, interchangeably, which isn't necessarily correct and can have an impact on how well we're understanding our email programs health. So can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is definitely one of those terms that gets confused very often. So there is a big difference between the delivery rate and the deliverability rate. So first we'll talk about the delivery rate, which is also sometimes referred to as an acceptance rate. And this one confirms that your mail has been accepted into the mailbox providers servers, right? Mailbox providers are, are, are you know, ones like Gmail, Hotmail, Yahoo, the, the corporate domains that you're sending to. And, you know, the mailbox providers actually send that message back to the sender that confirms whether the email has been accepted into their servers or rejected. And if you're using an ESP to send your mail, they can actually report on that delivery rate. And then the deliverability piece is, is what people refer to as measuring inbox placement. And this happens after that point. And mailbox providers do not send any feedback that lets you know if your message landed in the inbox or the spam folder. High delivery rates won't tell you how your contacts are engaging with your mail or provide context on how much of your brand's mail is actually making it to the inbox of your recipients. So to get context on that, um, you really need to use your engagement signals. And we're going to cover those probably, I think, in a later episode. So stay tuned for that. You know we are. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We have a whole series lined up, so I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's a really good point that you brought up. Just because something was was delivered doesn't necessarily mean it confirms inbox placement. And that's really critical to understand when you're assessing how well your email programs are doing. So um, that's a really good point. But, you know, the thing is, it, it seems kind of nuanced. It may seem kind of small or nitpicky to, um, to differentiate those two. But really, um, there, there's a lot of reasons why marketers should pay attention to these things. Because, uh, you know, you've been on that side too. As marketers, we just want to market, right? We want to drive <laughs> our engagement up. Um, sure. But, you know, it's really important that we understand these fundamental practices that sit in between those key players of our recipients, us, and our, uh, you know, our, our ESP and our mailbox provider. You know, so why, you know, what are those main reasons you'd say why we should, as marketers, um, you know, really pay attention to this stuff? Well, um, for one, I would say because email has an average return on investment of about 42 to one. So that's 42 US dollars for every $1 that you're spending on email. Not bad, right? So I would say, you know, over all of the things that you can think about with deliverability, quality over quantity is so, so, so key here. Because if recipients aren't seeing your messages in the inbox, then they're not going to have the ability to engage with those emails or your brand. And so your ROI is not going to be anywhere near that, that average. 
Um, I think we should also probably think about some of the, the time and effort wasting scenarios here as well. Um, so, you know, keep in mind, first of all, that it is much easier to stay in the inbox than it is to dig yourself out of that spam folder. So, you know, while you might get a nice sales boost from an overly aggressive campaign that you send, if you oversell and you set people's expectations too high, that can lead to what the mailbox providers are going to see as a spike in complaints. And that's going to drive your mail to the spam folder or could actually end up with it getting blocked completely. So, you know, sure, you made a little bit of extra money on that one campaign, but your ROI may suffer um, you know, in the long run from this. So you need to consider whether your company is interested in those kind of quick wins with email or if you're really looking to have long-term success, because very rarely can you actually have both of those things. Um, I think we should also think about some of the less direct costs that come from deliverability issues. Um, the first one of these is the time that you're going to spend mitigating the issue with the mailbox providers if, you, if you're going to the spam folder getting blocked. And maybe also with your ESP, if your stats have gotten to a point where they've rate limited or suspended your account, that can be a very painful and slow process. Um, the second one to think about is customer complaints about missing emails. This means your support team will be busier than usual and potentially could require them to you know, to, to work some overtime to handle that extra ticket load. So that can be a very, very big and kind of unexpected cost for your company. And then lastly, um, you may have to hire a consultant to dig you out of that hole called the spam folder. Um, these deliverability people can be very expensive and that process can be a long one. So um, really try to just consider those costs as well. It's not just about um, how much money you made from that particular campaign that you see. Yeah, Totally. Yeah. If you've been to that fire drill before, you know what it's like. You understand that motivation of yeah. trying to get out of the spam folder or trying to get off of a block list. Um, it's, it's definitely painful, but um, <laughs> yeah. it's good motivation, right? So sadly, sometimes that's, or often, that's the motivation that we have for really learning about this stuff. But, you know, there's a, there's a different side to it. If you do get it down, I think there's a lot of rewards um, on the engagement metrics side. If you take the diligence to really understand uh, deliverability and 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 really understand all the um, the intricacies that you need to paint that picture for yourself, even though it might not be that simple, you know. So yeah, 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 totally. And you know, I think you know it's it's important for everybody to remember that mailbox providers are focusing on recipient engagement much more than they did in years past, right? So they're looking at both positive forms of engagement like opens and clicks and replies but they're also very heavily focused on the negative forms of engagement, like user complaints, deleting emails without opening them, or even just like a, a lack of engagement, right? Um, the days of, of kind of scraping or purchasing lists or continuing to just send to people simply because they signed up but haven't taken the time to unsubscribe are over. You really need to follow those engagement signals and figure out who your active audience is. Um, you know, by focusing on creating emails that your readers want to engage with, and building an audience who finds value in the email content that you're sending, the mailbox providers are very clearly going to be able to see that your emails belong in the inbox and they're gonna to continue to deliver them there. Um, you know, and then once you're cons con consistently hitting that inbox, thanks to following those industry best practices and monitoring your stats to ensure that you're continuing to target the right audience, you'll be able to build a larger and, and more qualified email list, which will inevitably just lead to more revenue for your company, again, for that long-term success over time. Yeah, it's, it's like, okay, that's the foundation for everything. You're hitting the inbox consistently. Okay, that means you're getting more opens, more clicks, more conversions. So, you know, it, it really, um, long term, it creates a lot of, uh, of revenue down the line. Yeah. And it builds that relationship, that reputation. And, you know, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's not that um, 
exciting for some people, you know, it's, everybody <laughs> wants to hear like eat your vegetables and, and you'll be healthy and live a long life. Right. But that's kind of, you know, it, it's kind of like one of those keystone uh, uh, habits or cornerstone habits. What does Charles Duhigg call it? You know, if you do this thing or if you, if you master this area, you're going to see a lot of rewards later on down the line, um, way more than if you went for those short-term gains for like sure. you're talking about. So, um, you know, we understand the importance of deliverability and understanding it. Um, but, you know, now, you know, it's, it's, it's important for us to understand what are those key factors? I know there's a lot, right? I'm, I'm asking like a massive question here, but you know, <laughs> what affects deliverability? What are those, you know, like give us a 40,000 foot view. What are those key pillars that affect um, our deliverability? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And as you mentioned, I mean, there are, are literally hundreds of factors that do go into determining if your message is going to be delivered to the inboxes of recipients or not. You know, it's not, a, I wish it were as simple as, as just one little number like that sender score um, to, yeah. to rule everything, but it really just is it's anything, you know, farther from the truth really there. Um, you know, each mailbox provider is using a different sort of algorithm to, to make their filtering decisions, but at a high level, they are working to ensure that each message that they deliver is safe for the recipients and, and also wanted by those recipients. So by focusing on a, a few key factors, including you know, reputation, authentication, uh, sending infrastructure, list collection and management, as well as the content that you're actually sending to people, you should be setting yourself up for a solid foundation for inbox placement. So um, we're going to be digging into a lot of, of these elements that I just mentioned in later episodes, but I just kind of want to give a little bit of, of, a, of a summary or a detail right now quickly. Yeah. Um, so first one is reputation. And so really here focus on um, your sending IP and your sending domain to maintain a solid reputation. There's lots of different aspects you can take this in. We'll dig into this one much, much you know, greater detail later. Um, authentication, you were also not going to spend a lot of time on this today because it can get very, very te technical. So for now, really just think of these as your passport, your driver's license, or some other form of ID that tells mailbox providers exactly who you are and allows them to start to have a little bit more confidence that the mail that you're sending is legitimate. So this is, you know, probably considered very standard for, for mailbox providers at this point. Um, sending infrastructure, you know, you're going to want to make sure that your ESP or whatever internal mailing system that you're sending through is properly configured to create and to send your emails, as well as to effectively manage all of the engagement data, including those positive activities such as opens and clicks, as well as managing the events that are related to those, those negative impacts, right? So the bounces, unsubscribes, and complaints. Um, moving over to, to list collection and management, you know, permission is so, so, so essential to sender reputation. Um, so, you know, sending to recipients who haven't signed up for your mail um, can have a huge impact on your engagement rates, right? So think, uh, you know, low opens, but also high complaints here. And so targeting people who signed up, but have stopped engaging with your mail um, is, is almost just as bad. So really focus on, um, you know, building that list the right way, and then also targeting the people that continue to show signals of, of really enjoying the content you're sending. Um, and lastly, is, is that content, right? This includes the subject line, the body, as well as the sender address, the friendly from name that you're using, and all of the links in your emails, all of the little bits and pieces that are in those email headers is included in your content. So you really have to think about all of those things, um, you know, as, as part of the, you know, the, the holistic view of deliverability. Yeah, uh, thanks for trying to describe your expertise <laughs> yeah. in what, a few sentences. Um, that's, uh, that's probably tough to do. But, um, you know, I, I'm kind of curious about, uh, you know, in your opinion, you've worked on the sender side before, you've worked on the marketer side before. 
Um, you know, what are those things you think that are kind of misunderstood or, or you know, what, what are the things or what are those of those factors you mentioned? Uh, what do you think are the ones that need more attention or maybe just aren't as well understood as they should be? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I think in my experience, you know, the, the problems with data quality are typically the main drivers for inbox placement issues, right? So either you're collecting a list in the wrong ways, such as purchasing a list or scraping email addresses from the internet, you know, that, that drat, that, that nice little <laughs> turn that's always doing it, right? Um, you know, but, but, you know, these people did not opt in to hear from you. So if the email address actually exists um, and it's not a spam trap, that recipient is much, much, much more likely to mark that mail as spam or to just simply never engage with in the first place. And both of those things are bad for deliverability. Um, you know, other times you might see that data quality is an issue where it stems from people who actually did sign up for your mail, but you know, they've since just lost interest. So, um, you know, while these people are not going to mark your mail as spam, so they're, they're you know, they're, they're less impactful than those, those, um, those people that are marking as spam, um, they are completely just dead weight on your list, right? And mailbox providers such as Gmail are just so, so heavily focused on recipient engagement and a lack of engagement is now starting to act as a negative form of engagement as well. So my suggestion is to cut those people from your list or at the very least just send to your inactives less than you do your actives and focus on those recipients who are positively engaging with your emails and with your brand because those are the ones that are really going to help you have a strong inbox placement, a consistent inbox placement. Yeah. Um, one thing that uh, I actually just ran recently across an article mm -hmm. about uh, subject lines that, or I'm sorry, words that you should or shouldn't use in your subject lines, especially during the whole COVID thing, you know, what's your, what's your opinion on that? Oh yeah. Okay. This one, yeah, really, really gets me going. So, um, you know, content absolutely does play a part in spam folder issues, right? So um, the main things that, that this is driven by though are links within the body of your email that have a poor reputation or, you know, HTML emails that include nothing but images. There's no plain text that give mailbox providers a signal of kind of what your mail is about, what you're sending. Um, I would say that age old myth that messages are going to the spam folder simply because you used a word like free or COVID, um, that is completely false, right? Uh, while the use of those words might elicit a negative response from people, such as a spam complaint, if you're claiming that you're going to give something away for free and then you have to, you know, kind of make a purchase to get that free thing, it's not actually the word itself that's triggering the deliverability issue. It's the reaction. The recipient's response was negative, right? So um, if you think about your own inbox, how many subject lines do you have that include the word free or COVID? Um, there's tons and tons of them. So it really is not just the word itself. It's the reputation. It's the age of the domain that you're sending from. It's just, it's so many other factors than just that simple word itself. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's maybe wishful thinking to think, okay, one word can or can't change the outcome uh, yeah. of uh, you know, the success or failure of an email program, but really it's, or, or, or email campaign rather, but um, you know, really that's kind of good news, right? That means that we do have our foot on the gas pedal. We do have control and it's really up to us uh, as senders or as marketers to uh, make sure that we, we understand what our audience wants and, you know, and we're engaging with the right people. We have permission, all those things that you mentioned. Um, that are really fundamental to all of this. So, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know what, Brian? I think you know before we wrap up this this first episode, I think we should probably just spend a minute talking about the mail that email marketers and email recipients kind of never really think about and don't really get to see. Um, you know, there there is a ton 
of email sent globally and the internet is massive, right? There's so many people with email addresses. Um, you know, it, it's up to you as the marketer to show people that you're legitimate. Um, and I wanna give you a couple of examples here based on some facts that were previously shared by Google, just to give you a scope of, of the, all of those emails that you don't think about, right? So 50% of what Gmail receives on any given day is classified as spam by them, 50%, right? Half of the mail. Um, they are also blocking about 10 million emails per minute. So massive amounts of volume that are coming their way and about, you know, they also receive more than a hundred million phishing emails every single day. And, and about two thirds of what they receive is a threat that they have never, ever seen before. So, you know, with, with all of that really awful mail that's being thrown at those mailbox providers every single day, it's important for legitimate senders to differentiate themselves from those spammers and fraudsters by following the industry best practices that we've been talking about that help them collect a list of recipients who are super highly engaged with the content that you're sending. And they're taking actions that prove to the mailbox providers that they're actually loving their emails, right? It's, you know, it's kind of like that whole idea of, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Yeah. Like as far as the mailbox providers are concerned, it kind of doesn't make a sound. It didn't happen within their purview. So it, it doesn't really exist. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's mind boggling, those stats that you mentioned about how much spam yeah. is sent and, and how important it is for us as legitimate senders, right? Of course, we love our email, you know, uh, we know that we're legit, <laughs> uh, but it's really up to us to make sure that we, uh, that we differentiate ourselves from those spammers, which make up a majority of, of email. Um, that's just absolutely mind boggling. Um, but, uh, you know, and we can get frustrated as, as marketers when things change, but deliverability is one of those things that's just constantly evolving, constantly changing, and it requires us as legitimate senders to uh, understand what those changes are and, you know, um, and, and, and how to balance that relationship with the mailbox providers and your senders and your subscribers and readers. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot that we mentioned um, in this episode. Um, you know, one of the things you mentioned was reputation, and that's really the, uh, uh, one of the main keys to consistent inbox placement and then and, and successful email programs. So in the next episode, we're gonna be covering exactly that. What are those factors that go into your, your sender reputation? Lauren, I know I was super excited to dig into that. <laughs> Can't uh, hide it, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that is a big subject to unpack and we're gonna, we're gonna try to tackle it next time. We're gonna take it head on and we cannot wait to, uh, to share that with you all. So, in the meantime, uh, if you want to learn more about deliverability and, uh, you know, it, and maybe increase your inbox placement for your organization, go to our blog at kickbox.com, uh, you know, check out our deliverability unfiltered series that Lauren puts together. It's great. It's, I, I learn a lot every time I read one of those articles. And um, we also have a deliverability suite of products that you can schedule a demo for if you're interested. So until next time. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye, guys.